Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 102nd episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Yes, episode 102. We are here for Moon Nighting, our mini series focusing on the new Disney Plus MCU series, Moon Knight, which drops every single Wednesday on the platform we cover more than anything else that we cover on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, of course, the Socially Distance Podcast is the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com, and my name is Bill Bodkin, and I will be your host, and I am the editor-in-chief and co-founder of the site. And I am joined, as always, by um, my alter ego. He's he's more of the snivelly kind of nerdish version. Oh, wait, that's me. Uh, he he is the Mark Spector to my uh, to my Steve or Scott or whatever you're, you want to misname me as. Uh, my reluctant managing editor and best friend Al Manorino, who's currently petting his dog. How you doing, buddy? I'm having a staring contest with him currently. Is it a dog or is it a jackal? <laughs> it might be a jackal actually, and he is. Uh, He's demanding pets with his eyes, and um, he might bark in the middle of this. Um, man, I'm I'm doing good, staying busy, um, but really excited to talk about this one, um, as always, because, I mean, just literally Disney Plus into my veins at all times. At all times. Uh, rejoining us, uh, he was the resident guest for our Hawkeye series, the Pizza Dog Chronicles. Of course, also part of our Dune cast. He is the film and television writer for uh, Substream Magazine, as well as a senior editor, writer, and photographer for thepopbreak.com. And his many wonderful journalistic adventures. Follow him on Twitter uh, because he's got a lot of great stuff that he's been publishing. The Golden Star himself, Marjani Rawls, back on the podcast. What's up, pal? It feels good. It feels good to uh, rejoin with you uh, great lads talk about some moon night and uh a yet another disney plus series which i'm sure we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about you know listen we we gotta we're, we're glad you're back of course you're you're wearing your white suit he has a mask on his eyes are glowing <laughs> he's very dapper right now he even has the white gloves it's 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 wild but i'm, I'm in, currently in, uh, i'm currently uh dressed as a part as mr knight He's I didn't tell the guys beforehand, but uh, he, I was, it was a surprise. It was, we didn't want to like make him mad. Cause like his, I've heard his right hook is something else. Uh, but dressed in the ceremonial garb is our, re- our resident guest. Uh, he is uh, one of the heads of USA insider. He's probably not one of the heads. It's just a writer. He could be anything. I don't even know his title, but I'll, I know his title here is resident guest for this podcast. Tyler McCarthy, Welcome back, sir. Um, I really, I really like the cape. It's flowing very nicely today. Thank you. It's caught in the wheel of my office chair, so I'm gonna have to deal with that later. But for now, I just look resplendent. I'm happy to be here, um, and yeah, just happy to wear this hood. Hey, listen, Al and I did not get the message. We are just—I uh, just walk on glass in my in my uh, Birkenstocks all the time, so I'm good. And Al's just petting a jackal, so we're good. Wearing a Coldplay shirt for you. I mean, wow. <laughs> Water's wet, the sky is blue. Al's wearing a Coldplay shirt or listening to Phoenix. I mean, what a shock, guys. Or Coldplay. Hey, uh, new Interpol coming out soon. Very excited. Yes, very excited for that. Uh, we'll talk about that on another podcast. Maybe. Sure. Uh, but yeah. let's get into our first segment, which is Here's How We Stay Awake. Of course, this is the part where I read the. Um, very uh, usually very interestingly worded Wikipedia entry, just to remind everyone of the plot of the episode. Of course, this is episode two, Summon the Suit, directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, uh, written by, and I uh, apologize to this person for probably butchering their last name, Michael uh, Castellin. After being fired for seemingly damaging the museum, Stephen Grant uses the key card to find a storage facility containing the scarab. Grant's reflection, in quotes, tells him that he is Mark Spector, another identity living in Grant's body. He's an American mercenary and the current avatar of the Egyptian moon god, Khonshu. Spector tries to convince Grant to let him resume control of their body, but Grant refuses and flees. He is confronted by Layla, Spector's wife, who is unaware of Grant's existence. Before being arrested by police officers working for Harrow, uh, oh, I really, my syntax and cadence was bad on that, but he was arrested for, uh, by police officers working for Harrow. Harrow reveals that he was 
Khonshu's previous avatar until until he chose to follow Am- Amit instead, and that he seeks the scarab to find her tomb and resurrect her so that she can purge humanity of evil. Layla rescues Grant, but Harrow summons another jackal monster to pursue them. Grant manages to summon a magical suit similar to Spectre's, and he fights the jackal, but is overpowered and eventually allows Spectre to take control. Spectre kills the jackal, but loses the scarab to Harrow. Kanshu angrily confronts Spectre, who promises to find Amit's tomb before Harrow does. Kanshu threatens to claim Layla as his next avatar, should Spectre fail, before sending Spectre to Egypt. All right, guys, before we get into the episode itself that I so, like, I just like my rich whiskey burned voice just read, um, Marjani, you, you're joining the podcast uh, for the first time to talk about Moon Knight. I would love to get one, your perspective, your thoughts on the first episode. Of course, you can read his review on Substream, uh, as well as your relationship to Moon Knight prior to the series. Um, my relationship with Moon Knight, I knew of Moon Knight. I knew I, I've read a couple comics here and there before the show, but it, it wasn't as versed as like say something like the Fantastic Four or like the X X Men or Blade or anything like that. So I was kind of you know. I've gotten a good amount of uh, knowledge before the show, but I didn't. W- I, I kind of wanted to enter into something um, from Marvel, more so from like a novice kind of like. All right, let me learn more about this. Uh, even though I understand some of the show is de- deviates from some of the, the comic and stuff. Um, the first episode, it was. I, I would say it's good. It was just good from because I know we're going into Multiverse of Madness next month or in a couple weeks. And it was just good to have a story that was kind of away from all the interconnectivity of the MCU. Like it was its own self-contained story where you're going in a new with a new character, kind of like Iron Man, where you're just thinking about that and thinking about what he's going to. And I loved how. Um, the episode kind of unfurled itself where you're like, what is, what is going on? Like, who is this guy? Like, why is he chaining himself to his bed at night? And then the ultimate reel of Moon Knight at the end with that triumphant score, that score was amazing. Yeah. Um, And it ending on that note, it was like, wow, it gave me just enough and it made me want to learn more going into like the next episodes excellent so let's move into our uh, before so let's now move into our first segment which is of course we always want to focus on the positive first in a segment i so eloquently dubbed holy shit it's moon night um because there wasn't a lot of stuff i could do so i was like i'm just gonna keep this because it's the dumbest and best thing i've ever written uh so tyler i'm gonna start with you Holy shit, it's Moon Knight. What was the best part of the episode for you? Um, I think the best part of the episode was uh, probably the conversation that Stephen had with Harrow is the villain's name, Ethan Hawke. Yes, Ethan um, You know, you, you got sort of hints that Harrow was doing this sort of preemptive, destroying evil kind of thing in the first episode at the weird village meeting where he played with his cane and his tattoo did some freaky stuff. Um, But this time he laid it all out. And not only did he lay it out, he had a presentation kind of to go along with it. He brings Steven to his like, you know, neighborhood that used to be crime ridden. And now is kind of this weird utopia with goats where they're growing vegetables. Um, And then he kind of gives him the pitch, like here's some lentil soup. Here's how I murder people and why. And, you know, kind of like what we were dealing with with Peacemaker a little bit was that he's a guy in this world who's not doing great things, but kind of has a point. You can see where he's coming from. You can see how he won over all of these people. But what I really liked about this was actually what it meant for Steven, because he gives this amazing sales pitch. And Steven, despite all the peer pressure in this room and despite not being a superpowered person at all, that would change in a matter of minutes. But at this point, he's in some serious danger, but he still can't help but be the guy in the room saying, 
this isn't right. You're judging people who are innocent. Like, is a baby going to be killed because they might do something evil along the way? He even turns to all the people who are clearly threatening him and is like, are we all cool with this? This is what we want. Uh, So it was kind of a moment where we got to see Steven be the hero in an episode where I think we were expecting to see a lot of Mark Spector be the hero or Moon Knight, if that is a different persona, which we learn, I guess it's not. Um, be the hero. And I think that's sort of where he earned his Mr. Knight persona, the ability to come up with that suit and everything. So it was just a really cool moment for our protagonist, um, which it's, it's, these are such hard terms since there are so many people within him, but for Steven, it's a, it's his hero moment. And I think that was really important to see and really fun to see. And also a, uh, a thing in a superhero show that deals with the concept of morality that shockingly across the whole MCU, we haven't really seen before this concept of preemptive justice. So, but we have, Ooh, I, am I wrong? I, it's sort of, I feel like it's very parallel to project insight uh, from winter ah. soldier because when they're saying, cause I watched it like way late last night and then I watched it again today and they're talking about preemptive strikes of taking people, you know, killing people before they do something bad. And then I remember, cause I just had to rewatch Winter Soldier for Bill versus the MCU. And it was, um, he's like, whether it's a middle school teacher, Stephen Strange, Bruce Banner, whomever, we're going to take them out because they have the potential to do bad. So it's just like, we're revisiting this same theory, but instead of technology, it's now gods that are doing it. You're right. You're absolutely right. We have dealt with this a little bit before. (laughs) Finally, this is what happens when you rewatch stuff. That's also the power of, on one hand, it's very easy to side with Captain America when Hydra is doing the sales pitch. Right. It's a little more complicated when it's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> very true. It's very I true. Mean, yeah, and it's and it has that also Marvel like need for the goober, right, with the scarab as well. So you have the goober, and then you also have uh, you know revisiting a, a different plot from a different movie with just adding gods to it. But why do you say a goober? I'm totally feel like a goober. Oh, into the spider verse. Into the spider verse. Remember the goober? It's 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 the flash drive. It's the thing. Oh, okay. The scarab is the thing. Just like the stones, and before they were stones, whatever they were, were the thing that just helped the plot, you know, move across whatever. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Merjani, uh, holy shit! It's Moon Knight. What was the best thing that worked for you in this episode? Um, I'm going to go off what Tyler just said, um, because I think Marvel has been doing a thing with villains lately, like Thanos, like the Celestials and Eternals and, and things of that nature, where the bad guys are like, like I said, like the bad guys are doing a thing that they believe that is more Killmonger, that they believe is morally right. Like, you know, like uh, Thanos is like, you know, snapping you know snapping when he had the infinity gauntlet and says that you know there's not enough resources in the world so i have to take away half the world in order for you know humanity or things to thrive and harlow is actually making kind of like that same judgment like listen like there we would live in a perfect utopian society if we can get rid of people before they can even conceive of doing something evil and like I like 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 Tyler noted that Steven's like, well, who are you to give that choice? Like to take away that choice. How do you know? Like, um, and it's interesting because Ethan Hawke, because it's he's very cultish because he studied uh figures like David Koresh for this role. So he yep. comes off that very like calm and a little bit charismatic, but a little creepy as well. But there's this added thing with uh Kanshu. Where Kanchu is like, and like it's yelling in Steven's head, like kill, kill this guy, and you know Harlow's like, is he is he doing that thing? Like, I used to, he used to be my avatar, and I have to, I had to drown him out, you know, because our concepts are very different. Where he's he's like, I'm gonna wait until a person does the thing, and then we're gonna kill them. And me, I'm going to stop. And Amet is like, I'm going to stop it before it happens. And then there's this other element where 
And it comes up later in the episode where Conchie says, like, you think this body is yours, where you start because Stephen slash Mark has like dissociative disorder. So with what Mark is worried about, especially with Layla, who comes into this episode and you find out all their backstory is that is Conchu as good as we think he is, or is he's just using the body of Steven slash Mark because he knows that he can kind of take advantage of him. And that's what kind of like started to started going in my head. Like who Steven is good. He has a great basis. And of course, Layla comes, but like, who's the good guy here? Like, obviously, you know, Harlow's bad. But can we really trust Kanshu? Like, I don't know. That's that I love. And for I was going to bring that up right if you didn't say it, because it's like these gods are they're gods and they're toying with humans. It's like we've seen this throughout mythology and other stuff where the all powerful beings are puppet masters. And now it's like, well, okay, maybe one's less evil than the other, but we actually don't know. And I think that's yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's just like in the Eternals when they use. <laughs> You know, the Celestials used to bring other Celestials, right? Where, like, they grow life from a planet and then kill everybody to birth another Celestial. Like, is it right to use people or things as avatars just to wield your power? And I thought that was a very interesting thing that I hope they go into in other episodes. Did he... Was... I don't know if I made this up or not. Did did Steven make a joke in episode one or two where he's saying an avatar? He's just like, oh yeah, big blue guy. He made didn't he made that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did make that joke. Avatar joke. By the way, second avatar related joke of a recent (laughs) series, like within like two weeks of each other. There's a whole uh, avatar costume in We Crashed. Spoilers, but (laughs) now I want to watch it. (laughs) Oh my god, it's amazing. It's like. Comes out of left field and it's freaking amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Apple Great, TV, good show, by the way. Apple TV, really killing it with shows right now. Um, it's insane. They're crushing uh, it. Ow! Uh, holy shit! It's Moon Knight. Yeah, man. The I'll, I'll be quick. The best part for me was the was the Mister Knight persona because I just love that Marvel is there's like no limitations to what they want to pull from. Right? I feel like back in the day it was just like we were. Before we start, we were talking about Daredevil. We were talking about um, the uh, the Ben Affleck Daredevil, and it just felt like they were pulling from the old. And where Marvel is doing really well right now is they're pulling from everything. This character was introduced in like 1975 in an issue of Werewolf by Night, and he's been around for decades. And the Mister Knight persona was introduced in like 2014, so like they're really pulling from all over, you know, the the lore. Of this character and you know i think they've just been consistently doing well with that i mean you can go back to literally the start of the mcu with you know they're pulling from you know early 2000s extremist iron man storylines or you know winter soldier brew baker storylines that are even just recently with hawkeye with the, the fraction and david aha run like they are just they're pulling the best and the more, most fun and what what can they like play in the sandbox like what can they do and i'm a big fan of that and they're not just saying like oh we have to stick to what people know about this character they're really just pulling from all facets of you know the 70 80 years whatever now of marvel and i love that uh real quick for me it's actually the scene after all the action even though the action was incredible is when we have steven is now in the mirror and and mark is out and they have that they have that talk and Stephen getting so angry said, I'm never going to give you peace. I'm never going to leave you alone. How dare you do this? And you easily could have had Mark be such a braggadocious, like, or not braggadocious, but such like a, just a, a shithead that he would just been like, I don't hear nothing. I don't want to hear from you. And he's actually very conflicted because he's, we're seeing the, the, the nuance to his character where he's like, I'm doing all this to save my wife. I'm, I'm shutting her out to save her. Because Kanchu's going to take her once I'm done, even even though most likely that's a trick. Because Kanchu knows, like, yeah, this guy. If I say his wife, he's going to st- he's going to keep doing it. Um, but I loved how e- even Mark had a bit of, even though he's a killer, he's a mercenary, he's done things. He's still telling Stephen, 
breathe through it. You're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. You'll get your body back. Like this will happen. I will leave you alone. Like there's sincerity to Mark where he could have been into me, where I think he could have been a very two-dimensional, just very rough and gruff character. And we have that dynamic of like, this guy's a badass. This guy's a wimp. Like they didn't do that. And I like that a lot. So that's what works best for me. But let's go into, uh, well, the idiot is back. Uh, that is what didn't work for you guys in this episode. So, um, Al, I'm going to start with you. Then we're going to go with Tyler and Marjani. Well, I just step out for one second. Yeah, this one um, was very easy for me this week. I think the introduction of Layla was rough. Just rough. I didn't. I, she did not get her chance to shine. She was really just like a, you know, not a wet blanket, but just like, you know, she comes in, uh, saves him and all that kind of stuff. But like, we don't get to know anything about this woman at all, um, which is a disservice to her and, and you know, the actress uh, playing her. And I want to know more. I'm, I'm interested, right? Just as much as we want to know more about Mark, we're still getting a lot of Mark. We're not getting a lot of her. And for her, for for him to say things like, you know, Kangshu is going to wants her as my replacement. All of these things are like these. Whoa, these are big things that you're dropping on us. And we literally have not seen you two like together yet. So it's just again, it's just filling us with more questions. And I'm, I'm cool with that. But like there, I'm hoping within the next episode, we get a flashback of some sort to make sense of this relationship. Um, and what they were trying to do before Steven interfered in that persona. So that I, I'm just, I just think that her entire introduction to the show um, in this episode, or sorry, specifically in this episode was just poorly handled um, just narratively. I, I mean, Tyler was talking about the structure of the first episode and I was like, you know, we'll get our Mark Spector episode. We'll get our Mark, but like it's two episodes in now. When is that coming? So, um, MJ. Um, I remember Mar. I remember Tyler mentioning this with the Daredevil episode. There were some instances, especially with the Jackal, where the CGI is very spotty and touch oh. and go. Yeah. Where, like, it'll be really good during a chase scene. But during, I guess, like the bus scene, like the jackal looks rough. And I'm not sure if it it was because of COVID or, you know what I mean? Like shooting during that time. But like some of the, yeah, some of the CGI in this episode, not necessarily with Mr. Knight's costume, but like a, with a lot of like the th- things surrounding it was like very touch and go. Um, going to Al's point, Al made, makes a very good point where like, there's a lot of story threads dropped on you um, right when Layla comes in with the motor- motorcycle. You're like, oh, he was married. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, oh, th- you know, they had a life. Oh, she's dropping divorce papers on a him. lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they they went to go get a scarab. They they went to go get that together. She so, knows like, about it's a suit. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Con- why does why does Kanshu want her? Like it's a lot of you think about it because the moon uh, this moon nine series is six episodes. So you're like, all right, after this, we got four more episodes left. There are a lot of questions to answer. There are a lot of threads to kind of wrap up and a lot of backstory to fill. And it's not necessarily like a book of Boba Fett where you can kind of devote episodes to flashbacks and it's like hey this is what boba fett was doing after you know he got out of the sarlacc pit because you still have uh, so much forward momentum to go to so i mean i'm gonna trust marvel to explain all that you know because i think hawkeye they did a pretty good job with it but yeah just those two were kind of all for me tyler well before tyler jumps because i have to agree with mj with the cgi because we did talk about the jackal uh-huh. stuff that was Bill, actually. Yeah, I, it was, it was, it was the jackal, and then it was the Bill. mountain chase scene where the car falls off, and it looks like it's made of rubber. Yeah. And you're just like, Which oh. is weird. And I just but, watched, I didn't just watch Guardians. I know it's a TV show compared to a movie. I'm just like, that was like over 10 years ago, and the, uh, the CGI has gotten better since then. But it this it looks has to be that. 
like it has to be like they're still making like these as tv ish budgets they have to be the most expensive tv shows available but still because the the end fight with the jackal when he has become like the full moon knight that we all know and love moon knight to me looks so badly cgi'd in some places where i'm like they have to see that right yeah. before they hit you know send to disney plus like it's so weird especially when he jumped off the roof yeah that was the I worst was like, part i was, was like, like what <laughs> my friend my, my my friend texted me and he's he's a little cynical at times but he said like why does this feel like a dc property like it doesn't feel like marvel and i'm thinking I'm like that's what he's talking about it's the weird cgi because at some points i'm like is this justice league like i don't understand yeah. what i'm like looking at right now oh, so yeah that's people off by saying that um, <laughs> I don't, but, I've, I've done it so many times i know um, but it's I'm weird getting, that you yeah. have these problems with cgi yet you there's so many great cinematic tricks they do like they film things upside down and there's the scene where moon knight's running across and there's a reflection on the river and all the different ways that Kanshu is like so far away that he pops in different areas almost blending in you're like oh wow look at all this all this clever stuff or like the jump cuts from last time and then it's just like but you kind of hamstring it by just getting like literally like mummy two level cgi you know because you I mean remember the scorpion king in that one wasn't yeah. good it's kind of on that it's 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 borderline that level and this is 2022 not 2002 or three and it might be just very telling of the approach with which they're taking to moon Knight, which is you know we mentioned in the first episode that we we think there's a good action show court sort of hiding behind this one um, and it seems like with all the cinematic tricks they're doing, the mirror reflection like imagery and things like that, that all seems really well thought out and really well executed. Um, but maybe that's where their priority is, this character development, this very cerebral kind of thing that Mark Spector slash Steven is going through and not so much the fights and the action. And one has to ask, you know, it's a superhero show for Disney Plus and the MCU Maybe we should focus on the action a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and like if, if Oscar Isaac is like he's Oscar Isaac, like he's in this for the long haul as this character. I don't think this is a one off thing or I think, you know, we'll eventually see him in the in the films. I'm guessing that is the plan of, you know, whatever secret Avengers, whatever they want yeah, to if do. They do like Midnight Suns. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They do something that's he's going to look way different in the movie because they're going to give him money. Right. Like it's, they're going to, I guess, because it's just so weird to see, like, if you put him up to any of the Avengers right now, like you just stuck him in a movie, they'd be like, why do you look like you're from like 2000, like the year 2000? I don't understand the CGI. He looks very Morbius like. Yeah. But it's also like, I wonder if unnecessary. it's unnecessary. It's a costume. But we saw Loki. We watched that show. That had really good CG. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. But was it because, you mean know, different budgets? They're, they have more faith in Loki than Moon Knight? I have no I idea. I think it's a choice. I think they're just poor choices. This is like, I'm not saying it's like Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern <laughs> level, but it's close. Because it doesn't make sense. He's a dude with a cape. He's he's Marvel's Batman. You don't need to have him in full CGI all the time. Just make him a dude. I don't. It's so weird to me. It also makes me worry we're not going to get him fighting anything other than CGI jackal yeah. or something like that. Because yeah. he would look a little weird just like beating up a mugger or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. to, to to jump into my sort of. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Bit of the episode. No, I, it's a tangent on a podcast. How dare you? Um, <laughs> the the it's been hinted at a little bit, but I'm just going to sort of put my thumb on it. Which was I remember thinking after this one ended, um, punctuation joke coming at you. This turned the series from a question mark into an interrobang, and I think interrobang is the Bill's looking at me weird. It's the question mark exclamation mark. Like, oh, um, but we've still got that question mark in there. A lot of this episode was doing the kind of playing around with Steven's befuddlement, playing around with Steven, not knowing what's going on. And subsequently the audience not knowing what's going on. 
you know, he goes to that storage locker and we're getting answers. Yes. But we're also getting a lot of questions hand in hand with those answers. Um, so I, I think like Marjani said, we're two episodes in and we're still playing catch up with this story that is ongoing. We mentioned in the first uh, episode, we liked that we're picking up this story in the middle, but now we're running the risk of being halfway through the series and still not being caught up and telling our story and telling what we're you know, going to be doing, what's going on with these people. There's a lot that we're still in the dark about. Now, the last maybe 10 minutes of this episode did a lot of work to cover that ground. We know you know, Mark is in Egypt. Mark has control of the body. Mark is kind of the main personality here, given that he's the only one that's affected the world prior to when we opened the series. Um, and we know that Kanshu is after his wife. Uh, Al, I think, made a really great point that his wife, in many ways, could it, her utility to the story is she's just an innocent. She could be a child. She could be uh, a cute dog for all most of us care. Like she's well, just something for him to rescue. Um, so we need to get a lot more character development on her and going into the third episode. I'm kind of like, all right, we're, we're halfway down the runway. So let's start crossing off some of these boxes. Um, that said, I'm not willing to write it off yet. We're in a good position for episode three to be the episode all about answers. And then four five and six are just the moon Knight story. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, for me, real quick, I, I wasn't a huge fan at the beginning with the um, with the museum and the tape. And it was all too, I don't know, to me, it was all too like ex- expected and on the nose for me. And I'm just like, OK, yeah, this is taking too long. Cut the shit. Let's play the hit. Like, I wanted to start getting to the answers. Like, I got it. He was getting fired. Like, let's stop. Like, let's stop with the therapy. And also, it's, it's, the it's like the the not the it's like the unknowingly character like see that that you know that's the thing trope yeah I, yeah yeah and you're just like oh i'm like all right i get it let's move along i'm gonna add a category because we have a lot more characters in this and i'm gonna be calling this uh session called summon the suit uh, mostly because i had nothing better to call it but uh it's our favorite performance in the episode um and while we've talked about this because i will be selfish and go first uh while we've talked about how her character wasn't really developed, I really liked, and I apologize for screwing up her name, Mae Callumway, uh, who played Layla. I really think, while we don't know much about her, she was a lot of exposition Jones in her dialogue, but I think she is such, she was able to make this character very interesting. She has uh, gave a very charismatic performance and a very sympathetic performance where she's like, she's hinted at, She's been on adventures with Mark, so and we could see she can handle herself in a fight. She's also very wounded by the works of Mark, but she's also sympathetic to Stephen. And I think the moment where she actually calls him Stephen to try and calm him down was my favorite part because she was like, it's showing there's layers that that's why I'm I'm I and Tyler, I'm not crapping on what you're saying. Like I know she comes off as to be rescued by Mark, but I feel like there's a lot more to her. And that moment to me, that small little moment where she calls him Steven, I'm like, there's a lot more to this character. And I feel like maybe she could end up being Moon Knight. I could see it because I feel like, or maybe there's something else bigger for her, not even just in this series, but down the road as well. So that's my uh, performance. Al, who is your favorite performance in the episode? Oh, Real quick, I just want to jump in and say 100% agree. Uh, for all the dunking I did on her introduction, I do appreciate that you mentioned what a great actress she is. She's yeah. also on the show Rammy, and everyone should check that out. Because oh, yeah? From- yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard the show is great. And she was great. I, I didn't, I, again, I said it, it was a disservice to her and the like the, the character and the actress for her to have to be like that. But she was great. I, I'm excited to see more of her. Um, yeah, performance. I thought she was great. My favorite, though, I mean, Ethan Hawke, man. Guys, guy knows how to act. He's definitely been around, the, <laughs> been around the block a few times. Man, he's so captivating in this role. And, like, again, Marvel just is great. You know, we've we've always acknowledged how good they are at casting, right? Especially the heroes, the Avengers, and all that kind of stuff, right? Man, they're great at casting villains. They're really good. They're really, really good when they do it right. I think... I think they got so much 
hate and dunked on where everyone was saying like Loki's your only good villain and Loki's your only good villain for like the longest time. They're like, you know what? F you guys, we're going to get the best people possible. And they've been crushing it. I would especially presently. Everyone crapped on Zemo. I was on the Zemo train thinking he was great in Civil War and people were like, oh, hey, he sucks. Zemo. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier, we get the, the dance of dances. Come on. What more do the we best. The best. Uh, For Johnny, who is uh, who gave the best performance for you in the episode? Um, With Layla, I okay, I, I'll say that I, I think Layla is great because I think that's going to become key in later episodes, especially going off your point, Bill. And she calls him Steven. And especially because this series is dealing with somebody with mental illness and especially with a person who's not even sure what's going on. Like, who's this other personality uh, yeah. in me? She's unfortunate. She's just as scattered as we are, but she's also acting as an anchor for him. Yeah. And, and that is a very sympathetic thing uh, to show and to portray in a show like this. And I thought that was beautiful, but like, I'm, I'm going to go with Alan Ethan Hawk too. Uh, the fact that like, he's like raspy and so soft spoken and also kind of, you know, he walks around with a cane, but he's also kind of, he's very like, you're like, what the, what is something's off? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just calm with saying like, yeah, you know, we got to, we got to eradicate evil by all call by all costs. And I think the most intriguing thing that I want to know, and especially in that conversation is what is the extent of his relationship with Kanchu first? Why did he decide to expel Kanchu and go to Ahmet and other than, um, and how, yeah. And how, like, how do you, what's the, What's the process of transference between gods? Is there like forms? Is like is there like ten businesses? Like very bureaucratic. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to know what's the extent of their relationship and why and why did they have a parting, you know, a parting of ways? That's going to be an interesting plot point as it ties into Stephen and why he chose Stephen. I think the obvious joke we all missed for everyone who do- knows college sports. It's the transfer portal. Nah. God, someone punched me in the face. Okay, whoever on this podcast is has is the weakest. Punch me. Uh, uh, <laughs> Tyler, um, who gave the best performance for you? Um, you know, at, at wrong or sorry, right answers all around. Like, um, you know, Layla, Ethan Hawke, uh, all of those were a terrific performance. I guess I'll be the one to give the shout out this week to Oscar Isaac because. He's really doing a lot. Those scenes in the storage locker where he's acting against himself. And it's it's so easy and so quick for me as a viewer to forget that they're the same person and just see these two very dynamic characters talking to each other. Particularly, I want to point out the moment where Stephen, when last we saw Stephen, he turned into Moon Knight in the bathroom at the end of last episode. And then he gets to see on the security footage himself leaving as Mark and Oscar Isaac does such a good job of playing that. So subtly, he's so clearly a different person, but not in a way that like, you know, jerk Jim, the security guard is going to notice or clock or even call out. Um, That moment was that still, I think is going to be really potent going forward. That was really cool. Um, And again, just all of the things he had to do in this episode, he had to play, Steven, he had to play Moon Knight, he had to play Mr. Knight, he had to play Mark. Um, and he's doing it presumably uh looking at a tennis ball in a lot of these scenes to like meet its eyeline. So he's he's doing a really good job, he's doing a lot of good work. And um, I guess also special shout out to F. Murray Abraham, who seemed like he was gonna be our venom, our comic relief uh in the first episode, but now he's getting some depth to him, and it's like Conchu's kind of a dick, and that's very interesting. Who are our heroes here? Uh, so those those two are definitely this week's this week's picks. Uh, let's move into you know our favorite uh, sp- spot called Stephen. Trust me, 
where we're talking about conspiracies, thoughts, connections, whatever you guys want to say. Now, what I'm, I've started off selfishly again is because I'm going to forget if I don't say it is we're all talking about where's the Mark episode. And to me, that's next. This is episode three, because now Steven is in the mirror and Mark is in Egypt where we're, we're back return to the scene of the crime. So I think we're going to see a lot more in flashback of um, him being presumably from what I can remember from the Moon Knight, um, you know, mythology mercenary was dying. Conchu was just like, oh, you can live if you become my avatar type deal. We I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. We see with Layla, with them adventuring for the Scarab. Like, I feel like we're going to get a lot of answers about Mark, and it's going to be a very Mark-centric episode coming up. Um, I still think, yeah, I still think multiverse is there, especially with mirrors and different <laughs> different timelines and stuff like that. I think it's almost a layup. And um, I guess lack of sleep made me think this, and it's not true, but I was watching Guardians and then I remembered Ethan Hawke had the purple, which of course you have the purple infinity stone and I see the cane and I'm just like, that can't be, uh, that can't be an infinity stone shard. Could that, uh, maybe I, I, uh, cause so I'm wondering if we're not done with the infinity stones, of course, guy who didn't watch Endgame <laughs> doesn't know what happened. So, but I'm saying, you know, in my brain, like, could this be a shard of an infinity stone? Like it's, it's a little too like glowing purple gem. <laughs> you know, you, your brain jumps right to an infinity stone, which it could be nothing could be something. Those are where I'm going to go with it. Mark centric for sure. Uh, and, and maybe it's an infinity stone. Who the fuck knows? Well, there, there is a lot of chatter online about people being like, okay, so the MCU has gods now. Like we had Thor, but Thor's kind of explained as, an alien his powers are alien his like asgard is a place you can travel to with a spaceship uh so like Khonshu's presence and the uh other god whose name i'm blanking on uh, I'm at, they're I'm they're at. significant to this sort of lore uh um in the mcu so if something zigzags and it turns out the infinity stones are at play that would fit very nicely into this this universe someone did blow up actually god bless people the the passport when it was issued and it said he survived the snap because it was during the snap that this happened. So he survived it. So could that be a reason? Who knows? Wait, this is during the snap. I thought they proved. No, 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 no. That. no. So okay. when they opened the passport. Yes. It's he survived issued. the snap. He served. He served. He was not snapped. He, it was issued during it. So he, uh, was, okay, okay, so okay. he was there on earth. So you wonder okay. if that plays into it or it's just, they picked a date. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You never know. We also thought the. I also thought the beekeeper became the dog in, uh, in Wandavision. But the whole reason for this section, yes, <laughs> it was two. It was two hours every week of this on Wandavision. Um, Rajani, any uh, connections, thoughts, predictions, conspiracy theories, or theories in general you have about coming out of this episode or for the series in general? Well, Stephen's mom, Stephen slash Mark's mom, is not alive, unfortunately. I don't think that he's actually talking to a person when he's talking to her on the when talking to her on the phone. Um, if there's Kanchu and Omet, there has to be other gods, right? Like there has to be. There were seven on the poster. There's seven, yeah. So there are other. There have to be other avatars out there, um, uh, or other human avatars. If there are other, you know. Because there's the two, and there's got to be five more. So maybe yeah. we end up seeing more gods uh, in, you know, episode three, four, and beyond. I, I think that you know, it, there's no way that it's just those two. Um, I think in episode three, we're definitely going to get some more backstory on Layla and Mark, because that because how their relationship came to be and where it kind of uh, split is kind of unknown like we just know that they split and then there's like divorce papers and stuff like that but like when did steven really take over to the point where like mark was non-existent from her and when did that when did he decide to leave to like protect her from conchu and, and, and things like that how did how did mark and conchu meet at first you know like well we kind of know but like at what point did they do, they do that? Like, what's the extent of this, like, 
pledge of that, you know, Mark has to present his body and use and Kanshu has to use it to an avatar and things like that. I think that we're going to learn a lot more. Um, I'm, I don't know, man. Like, I don't have a good feeling about Kanshu. <laughs> I don't think like we, he's very like a good dude. Yeah. He, he, I get the whole vengeance thing and, it, and it's very like Batman ish, like as we said, but like for it to just be cut and dry and the fact that like, you know, um, he can kind of do that with Mark, it, you know, he does it with Mark and Steven and he's like, Oh, well, you know, when I'm done with you, I'm just going to take, you know, he might take over Layla. That's bad. <laughs> like why? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that we're going to learn that like Hunter's not all, like he he's kind of presented as the good guy, but he's really not. Two two points to that real quick. One, we're talking about gods. Is it coincidental that every time Moon Knight ends, the next move, the next thing that Disney Plus pushes to you is the Eternals? Could we see a connection there? Yeah, for sure. I I, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll just go into my next one. Is like my biggest question, my conspiracy question is: this is the first. Disney plus series that has like no connection to the MCU that, that we're aware of. Right. So what, as I said, during what if multiple times, Marvel doesn't do anything. Marvel doesn't do something for nothing. What if, as I said, literally is so crucial to multiverse of madness. It's essential. It's essential. 100% essential. Crazy. So they're not going to just introduce Moon Knight to introduce Moon Knight. There is a bigger thing at play. I said in the last episode, it would make sense after credit, episode six, you know, uh, Blade is recruiting someone else after he just recruited um, um, Kit Harrington uh, as, you know, Black Knight. Um that could be it, but also like maybe that's too obvious. But like, what is the connection to the MCU? And then MJ brought up a great point about the mom not existing. Who is he talking to? Yeah, maybe it's Shield, who has been protecting him potentially. I don't know. That's a, just a weird, you know, conspiracy theory. But yeah, like those are my my biggest question. Really, is like what is his? This is his introduction great but if we've if you've ever seen a movie uh in the mcu you know that it's linking to something else how are they going to do that i'm very interested to see what they're planning on doing how are you gonna yeah how are you gonna introduce gods in this big world and then they just oh that's it like i agree with al i'm like wait a minute there's celestials and like there's by the way, Earth in the MCU, terrifying place to be. <laughs> the, the worst. The, the worst. worst. You got aliens. You have gods. You have celestials. You have uh, crazy witches making up cities and then blowing them up. Like in South, in, in, at Jersey Shore. In, yeah. Like too much is happening on Earth. That's there, why there's a moment. Like, yeah. There's a moment in sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. There is a no, moment in Endgame, no spoilers, but essentially someone points out that, like, oh yeah, at one point there were six infinity stones on Earth at a given time. And it's like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> this is a horrible place to live. Oh man, we thought Star Wars was bad. Jesus. Uh Tyler, what are your uh what are your thoughts and theories? So I've yeah, so I've got a conspiracy theory and I've got a prediction. I'm gonna put my conspiracy theory hat on first um because bill last week you mentioned something really interesting about the multiverse tying into this somehow yeah and what i i was hung up on that watching this episode and what i started to notice were a lot of things where this episode established mark as the quote-unquote you know dominant personality now when we're speaking about did that means something very charged so please you know do your own research but what i mean by that is they do a lot of establishing that Mark is the one who's affected this world in the past in a way that there's not really evidence of Stephen doing. Stephen, for all we know, got this job at the museum very recently, got this flat in London very recently, and like that's kind of it. Mark is the one who did that like 
op in uh, Egypt. Mark is the one who married a woman. Mark is the one who, you know, met Khonshu and has been actively working as Moon Knight. So Mark's sort of that dominant personality. Meanwhile, you know, Stephen, when he does get banished, he gets banished to a place. He spends his time sort of saying, I don't like it here. It, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. I'm freaking out, um, which makes me wonder if the personalities that exist within Mark, Stephen, whatever, um, if there's more than the two of them, and if they sort of straddle the multiverse, if what we're getting are people drifting in and out of a world where Stephen's past memories of his childhood and his mother, they do exist. There is a multiverse world where that's the case. And then there's this world where what Mark has done is the case, uh, which is why we're sort of keeping this pretty removed from the larger MCU, because theoretically, like someone could bring up Captain America and Steven could say, who the hell is that? Um, so that's sort of my my theory of that. They're going to use this to sort of drift in and out of the multiverse. That does leave a lot of questions as to how, but, you know, there's gods involved. So there's there, there's a lot of plot magic that can be at play there. As, as Doctor Who would say, it's timey-wimey stuff. It's You know what it is? It's classic timey-wimey stuff. Classic timey-wimey. Uh, he's got a Motorola Razor. I'm not going to forget about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You brought that up. You're like, why does he have an old phone? And we're like, like when he when he took it out of the wall, I'm surprised he didn't blow dust off of it first. Um, and then sort of my prediction um, kind of goes off of what Rajani was saying. You know, he made a really salient point, which is that the show's called Moon Knight. Our hero is Moon Knight, the guy in the white hood and or the guy in the white suit. Um, he gets his powers from Khonshu, but Khonshu's doing an awful lot of walking and talking like a villain. He's threatening Layla. He's in a sense, holding Mark captive in this life that we don't know why, but Mark clearly doesn't want this. So um, predictions are, I think Khonshu's got to go away. Khonshu's got to be a villain who is vanquished in the end, but in a way that does not remove the Moon Knight powers. So, you know, we're in Egypt. I'm wondering if, you know, some other higher power, the seven or nine, I forget how many it was, other deities imbue something on either Mark Spector or Steven to let him continue with these powers, but get Conchu out of there. Cause I just think we're not dealing with, we're not dealing with black and white hero villain dichotomy here. And I think the next four episodes are really going to play with that. Um, and then just my big story guy hat being put on uh, Moon Knight has to exist, but Conchu can't exist if he's this much of an asshole. So that was what I was going to say. I was wondering if Amit and Harrow are defeated episode five and then Khonshu is the big bad for episode six and we move on from there. Or he's see if there's a season two, he's the bad guy in season two. Yeah. I have one more tinfoil hat. Okay. So I was saying, um, I was saying Blade, right? I'm going to throw one more at you because I just thought of it. All right. Long shot. So nope. it's no. in production. So so hear hear me out. It's no way home. We get you know crossover of our dreams. Spoiler spoiler uh, earmuffs, Bill. I'm sure you already. Know I this already this. know. Yeah. Anyway, but we get, <laughs> we get not, only, not only do we get Daredevil in the MCU, we get um, Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, and then of course. Hawkeye, we get um, we get Kingpin instead oh, of Blade. No. Instead oh, of Blade, no. what if we get Robbie Reyes? What if we get some? What if we get some Ghost Rider? Someone else in the same kind of predicament? Oh, I thought you were going to say Iron Fist. I'm like, oh, please stop. No, no. I mean, think about it. Ghost Rider's no. in the same predicament. For he's a cursed, like you know, cursed hero. And and as MJ already mentioned, Midnight Suns. Like, why not? And let's get the dude who was crushing it on agents of shield. Um, anyone know the name off the top of my head? I always get them mixed up with uh, uh, Gabriel Luna. Oh, we I inter- think that is Gabriel Luna. And I always think it's the other guy. Diego. Who I, who's, Diego in Rogue, Luna. who's in rogue one. Thank yeah. you. Gabriel Luna, who I think we interviewed on the pop Yeah. Uh, for agents of shield. So yeah. I think let's, why not? Why not? He's already been introduced. You can kind of say like, pick and choose the things that you want from agents of shield. Just like you're going to pick and choose the things that you want from the Netflix shows. Why not? What's the bigger. Yes. Okay. 
lightning round question real quick. What's the big, bigger jaw dropper blade or ghost rider? To me, it's blade. Ghost rider. It's ghost rider because blade we're getting. I know, but I have no plans for ghost rider. Like, like on paper, they have zero plans for ghost rider. Just like they had zero plans for daredevil. Like we didn't know. He was coming back like Charlie Cox, like, I'm ready if they need me. And he played it really cool. Whereas Andrew Garfield got didn't, bombarded. Did he did a lot of this. He did a lot of arm swinging. Um, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Charlie Cox is like, I don't know. Like, yeah. they call me. Yeah, Meanwhile, they call he's, he's they on called the game. Yeah, they called, <laughs> they called him. him. So, and, and like, we're not, we're not getting Nick Cage, right? They've already established, like, I don't know. I just, that's why it's tinfoil hat. I don't think it's, it's a possibility now because anything is a possibility, but why would they introduce like we we've had this conversation a bunch of times in the show, like even as far back as like WandaVision is like, that's when you're going to introduce someone brand new. It's going to just be more confusing. We saw the, we heard the voice of blade. We haven't even seen the guy yet. That's confusing. Sorry. If they're doing things like, like right now they're shooting werewolf by night and mm-hmm. they're going into things like you just said, like WandaVision, like dark magic and, yep. and the dark held and like uh, a multiverse of madness, WandaVision, you have to start introducing the midnight suns and yep. characters like that. So isn't yeah. werewolf by night supposed to happen. This isn't supposed to be a Halloween special. Yeah, it's supposed it's to be a Halloween, Halloween special. Like Halloween. And and uh, Gael Garcia Bernal, I think that's how you say his name. Yes, it is. You've known him if you see him. He has been cast as Werewolf by Night. We just don't know which version because there's been a few people in the comics who played him. It's either Jack Russell or Jake Gomez. I'm leaning towards Jake. Jack Gomez. Russell, a guy who becomes Jack, a dog is Jack named. Russell Jack Terrier. Russell. Jesus Jack Russell Terrier. Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our let's 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 take it home. Uh, let's the, the scales will judge. Of course, this is on one to ten moons. What you feel, how you would rate the episode, uh, and just your you know final thoughts on it. So, Rajani, you're our uh, esteemed guest this week. So please go ahead. Um, I'm gonna go with an eight out of ten. Uh, I, I thought, like like it's been said, Oscar Isaac is um, immaculate, just with bouncing off. Um, personalities to the point where it's like two. It's, it's like, did they clone him? Like that's how well he's playing. Really that's how well he's playing. You know, Moon Knight, Mark Spector, and Stephen Grant. It's just amazing. Uh, and bouncing off somebody like Ethan Hawke, who is another immaculate um, actor, is great. It's just that I wish that with some of these action pieces that they just looked better. Like you can tell in, in the in the action sequence when they're running on uh, running on top of the roof, when he's running away from the jackal, there are parts where it's great. You could tell that he's in the suit and then they try to transpose some CGI to it. And it looks like Morbius when he's like in the movie where he's like uh, trying to like change into his, it just doesn't look bad. It looks like 2000 CGI. Um, I hope that is better going forward. Um, a lot of exp- like a lot of story notes thrown at us. Um, but I do have faith that they will all lead to something in the end. Right. So Al, what do you got? Yeah, I'm leading towards like a seven, seven point five. I haven't really figured it out. And I think it's yeah, it's it's what we've really complained about the episode. It's really the CGI and just the more. Not, not that's like like they answered questions, but we still have more. Um, I think the performances like overshadow the stuff that I didn't like about it. I like just you know Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac like just crushing it in every scene. Um, and I think the set pieces were cool too. Like just I really enjoyed those. Um, it was the it was the introduction of Layla that bothered me, and just her not having a chance to shine that's like again she kind of just providing more questions i thought it was just not the best way to introduce her but again i think 
I think with this episode three that we keep saying is, you know, definitely the Mark focused one. I'm hoping for some flashbacks and some gaps to be filled in. And the, but yeah, the CGI was rough. I'm hoping that they're saving the budget for the final half of the series. <laughs> it's, yeah. all for, it's just all for Ghost Rider. Um, fine. fine. For me, Man. I'm going to, I'm going to hold fast at eight. Um, I actually like this episode more than the last episode. Uh, I think they're both good, but they're both very different. This was more action laden and I, I liked it. I liked a lot. I liked the, um, I really enjoyed the Mr. Knight fight sequence where he's kind of feeling himself. I thought, I thought it was actually very genuinely and organically funny, not something that's crowbarred in, which can happen in Marvel sometimes. Uh, see Thor, the dark world where Thor and, uh, Malekith, uh, slide off a, a window, uh, which is one of the worst scenes I think in Marvel history. Um, Actually, it, it, the movie's just bad. But it, anyway, uh, podcast for another day. You can listen on the uh, the broadcast feed of the on all your favorite platforms. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just liked it. I thought it was it moved. Uh, it gave us a lot of questions. There were some issues with it. There were some warts to it. But I think it's messy, and I think it's messy for a reason. And I and I think we just it's. I think it'll all come together because the performances are great. And I think there's so much potential with this story and they show, they've shown we could, uh, it's shown that action could be done really well. CGI is rough. Can't, can't, you can't get around that. You can't act your way around bad CGI. I mean, we've seen it, but it's, it's very hard. So I'm going to go with an eight and I'm really excited for next week. Really, really excited to see a Mark perspective going forward. So Tyler, you're a resident guest. Why don't you close us out for this episode? Let's do it. I'm going to uh, agree with Al, actually, and give it a seven. Um, I think early in the episode, like I mentioned before, it does a lot of playing with Stephen's confusion. And, you know, Stephen's confusion is our confusion. And I don't like being confused. So we get a lot of time, you know, we get we get answers about who Mark is. But none of them are answers to the question, how the hell does he summon this freaking sue we don't get a lot of that until maybe the last 10 minutes so you know if it weren't for that last 10 minutes i'd be in maybe like five or six territory the reason i'm upping it to seven though is because at the very least we start getting plot points we get that like amazing like you know scene where we have to eat our vegetables learning what ethan hawk's grand plan is and we all have to grapple with that philosophy of you know what justice really is that's all great we get the mr knight scene which is just a lot of fun also great and it caps off by learning complicated things like conchu's not like that great a person or god or whatever and it ends with us being in our new story Next week, we're in Egypt, and we know what we're doing in Egypt. We're stopping Ethan Hawke from using that scarab and summoning that god. We're not playing catch-up as much anymore. There's still a lot of questions to answer, but we're not playing catch-up anymore. So I'm going to give it a 7 for that reason. Um, And the only reason I bumped it down a a, a notch from the first episode was just because episode 2 has a responsibility to cover a little more ground. That This kind of blew off a little bit for the first half. I agree. So... Thank you all for joining us for the second installment of Moon Nighting. Before we get out of here, let's uh, let's uh, get some plugs in where people can find everyone on the internet. Rajani, you have uh, quite a litany of things you are doing right now. Very stoked for you. Happy anniversary of your first uh, article being published a few years, oh, what, eight, nine years ago? Yeah, yeah. Not, not and, bad. And some, hey, some of my best ones were on Pop Break, man. So thank you. And to some everybody. of your some of your best ones on pop break will still be to come. Maybe who knows? So yeah. tell us where people could find all your work on the internet and, and on Twitter and social media. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter where I'm, I'm at the most at, at Merjani Rawls, M U R J A N I R A W L S. Come say hi, chop it up. I'm pretty friendly. So, yeah. Any uh, concerts coming up in the future? I don't know. I, I got to look at I'm, I'm Jones in for for some and maybe, you know, I can see either you or Al, you know, it's, it's been a long time. Too so, long. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely like look, look at some. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Alphonse, uh, tell us where people can find you on the Internet and all your stuff. You can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. You can see photos of Wolf Alice at the Stone Pony. Sometime soon on the popbreak.com. <laughs> Within the next 
four days you will see in the next four days now um yeah and then i'm looking to shoot a lot more hopefully soon have some requests out there for both uh pop break and nj.com so uh hopefully you'll see some more we'll see uh tyler where can people find all your lovely works uh, all my lovely works i uh you can find me on twitter at tyler mccarthy uh, and right now I'm doing a lot of writing for USA Insider. It's a new sort of editorial wing uh, for the USA Network. So come there to find all of my ramblings and just some really great, fun TV content. So, yeah, that's me. And, of course, tune in next week where I will be back moon nighting. Uh, and what's wild is all three of these guys verified on Twitter. You know who's not? At Bodkin no. writes over here. That's right. We're, we're, we're going to get you. Don't know. People, it's go, about man. the work. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just, I just thought I've never seen that before. We've never had that many verified. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, so actually in Hawkeye, when we did our episodes with Hawkeye, yes, we had this before. So uh, for, of course, uh, follow me on Twitter, if you must, at Bodkin writes, where I recently tweeted how much I like the Guardians of the Galaxy again. Um, I've also got a lot of stuff coming up on the popbreak.com. I believe I'm just going to be writing Moon for Moon Knight every week. I'm also going to be reviewing Michael Mann's new HBO Max series, Tokyo Vice. Um, I loved Heat and Miami Vice. Let's hope it's more like Miami Vice the show and not Miami Vice the movie. Because um, <laughs> that was shit. Uh, I also uh, recently did uh, part, took part in uh, WrestleMania coverage for the site. Actually, quite entertaining for some reason. I was I was stunned. Uh, and of course, I do a whole bunch of podcasts besides this one. Uh, we I just dropped a TV break, which is our monthly flagship TV podcast. Myself, Alex Marcus, and Josh Sarnecki. We reviewed Slow Horse, uh, the new Apple TV Plus series starring Gary Oldman, and talked about the absolutely ludicrous amount of prestige television coming out this spring. I am also um, the subject of Bill versus the MCU, where I rewatch. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because I never did. Uh, so our last episode, we did Thor of the Dark World, uh, Iron Man 3, which I watched the first time, and Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, so, but most importantly, all that stuff, you could be found on your favorite pod, uh, podcasting platforms. Uh, but every day, follow thepopbreak.com. Great stuff, music, movies, television, pro wrestling, anime, comic books, on Twitter and Instagram, at thepopbreak. So, for the Golden Star Majani Rolls, for our uh, caped uh, resident guest, Tyler McCarthy, and for um, the reluctant Al Manorino, I am Bill Bodkin saying thank you for joining us for this second installment of Moon Knight. <laughs>